Welcome to another episode of the Top Podcast, Truth Over Popularity. I'm your host, Brad Odeman Jr. The world we live in has numerous opinions of what truth is. I'm here to shine light on absolute truth regardless of its popularity. This podcast will focus on topics surrounding the Bible, how our current political climate is directly tied to Bible prophecy, along with a few other passions of mine, health, fitness, and an occasional golf conversation. If any of these topics interest you or could benefit someone you know, please be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend or family member. I hope this podcast adds value and perspective to your life. Let's dive in. Hey, hey, we are back with episode number two. Before we dive in, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who has reached out, who has commented, who has liked, subscribed, texted me, called me. It's meant the world. Your encouragement means a lot. So thank you so much. Today, I want to talk about my story, my testimony how I came to know the Lord. It's not what you think it is, but I'm excited to share my upbringing, some stories about me, and ultimately how I came to know Jesus. So who is Brad Odeman Jr.? So I was born in Napa, California. My parents, Brad Odeman Sr. and Pam Lunsford. I was, um, yeah, born in Napa, California. I have two younger brothers, uh, born and raised in the Pentecostal church. And this is kind of where I got my start with, uh, people would call it religion. Um, But I was born and raised in church my whole life. Um, So, so thankful for that. While you're in it, you don't really understand how blessed you are to be born into truth. I thank the Lord every single day that I was born into truth, that my dad made a decision to come to Jesus, and and it's ultimately changed our whole family's life. So born and raised in a Pentecostal church, for those of you who don't know what a Pentecostal church is, it's very simple. We believe that Acts 2.38 is still alive and well, that the Holy Ghost is essential, that it is active and the moving, breathing spirit of God, and that being born again is is essential for salvation, and we believe the scriptures, um, like the apostles, and that may sound very simple. You may be sitting there thinking, well, so do I. We'll get into this in a later podcast, but there's a lot of differences out there in the Christianity world. So when I was nine or 10 years old, I don't recall specifically we moved to Wisconsin. My dad's brother, my uncle Brian, had moved his family out there a couple years prior. My dad's job he had at the time, Nortel Networks, I believe it was, moved us out to Wisconsin. We uh, had a great, great upbringing in Wisconsin. I love the Midwest. I am a huge Packers fan. But the Midwest was awesome. I'm super thankful I was raised there. A lot of great family values, great people. Um, it was it was a great place to be to be a kid. And so, spent the rest of my childhood faithfully attending church. Obviously, attending because it wasn't an option. 
I'll be honest, my parents, thankfully, looking back, made us go to church, and it was a non-negotiable. This is something, again, I'm forever grateful that my parents made it a priority and a staple in our lives as a family to attend the house of God. And in this process, looking back now, I was attending church. We were faithful to church. The power of God moved in services. I have memories of services that will forever be ingrained in my spirit. Just, I've been a part of wonderful moves of God that are absolutely undeniable, that are truly huge milestone markers in my life uh, spiritually. But in this process of being a kid and being in middle school, high school, there was never a daily relationship with the Lord. I completely relied on going to church, attending the building. And I'll leave that there for now. But even though I was going to church, I did not have a relationship with Jesus. And I can look back and say that absolutely confidently now. Fast forwarding to when I was a senior in high school, I played football and baseball all the way through high school. Uh, I took a more of a passion for the game of football, and I moved out to California halfway through my senior year. Uh, there is more to the story, but that would take a long time, and I want to keep these semi-listenable. I don't even think that's a word, but I want to keep these within 20 minutes or so, so I'll touch on that on at a later time. So I moved out to California. My parents were going to be moving out within a year or so. I lived with my grandparents, my mom's dad, and I was going to attend Solano College, which is a junior college in Northern California. And the reason I transferred out early was because I wanted to get into spring football, and they have a program where I was able to practice with the team while still being in high school. I played quarterback, and so I wanted to get a jump on the offense. I wanted to gel with their receivers, running backs, meet the team, you know, create a culture there as best I could. So I thought, you look, I mean, this is going to be my future. I'm going to go out to California early. My family's, you know, they're going to be coming within a year or so, and I'm going to really give this football thing a shot. I'll get into that at a later a later date as well. Uh, football played a big part in my in my life. So at this time, unbeknownst to me, uh, my parents were really going through a trying time. And during this time, I was very thankful. The Lord was near to me, was near to my family, even though I wasn't intentional with him. Looking back now, the Lord had his hand on my life and my family's life, even during the hard times that we went through. Once my family moved out from Wisconsin, this is when things started to go south a little bit. I ended up not going to Solano College. I only did. I I only took one semester there. Um, again, as I mentioned, my my family was was just was going through a difficult time, and I'll I'll leave it there. There may be other podcasts down the road where we can kind of dive into that 
and I can maybe have my parents on to discuss that further, but that is not my place to really speak to. So this caused a shift in my life. And looking back now, the Lord had his hand in all this. It's incredible the way the Lord works, even when you don't feel like he's working or if he's in the middle of a situation. You look back years later and you really thank the Lord for his provisions. After my parents split up, this is fast forwarding a couple years, so I'm 20 at the time. I start thinking, I was working at In-N-Out Burger, and I start thinking, you know what? I think I want to give this football thing one more shot. I had only went to school, to college for one semester, so I had four years of eligibility. I'm going to give this football thing a shot. And so I reach out to my uncle, to keep a long story short, reach out to my uncle in Ventura, California. He says, yeah, you should come down. We have an awesome football program at this junior college, and I, th- I, th- I think you'd do great. It'd be a great opportunity for you. Fresh start, start school. I said, awesome. So I might get my years mixed up here, but I, b- I believe this was 2011 Thanksgiving is when I moved down there and started school, what would be January of 2012. Started going to school at Ventura College, ended up playing football there for a year and a half, played quarterback, had some success that led me to transferring to San Diego State, which was a blessing. I didn't have to pay for school. My family didn't have to be burdened with any, you know, supporting me financially, all kinds of things that can come with getting a scholarship of, of any kind. So it was, it was definitely a blessing. While I was at San Diego State, they wanted me to change positions from quarterback to tight end. I didn't want to do that. I knew that I had had other offers prior to me accepting the one from San Diego State. So I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away and I'm going to get another scholarship somewhere because I know I can play quarterback. And maybe this just isn't the right offense for me coaches, etc. If you know anything about football and if you do play quarterback um, or you've played collegiate sports, you understand that the system, the coach, all that can make a huge difference in the effectiveness of an athlete. So I left in August of, I believe, 2014, 2014 or 2015. I can't remember. And I ended up getting another scholarship to a school in Saginaw, Michigan, which was awesome. I was able to be close to my family who still lived in Wisconsin. They still do. And so I thought this would be a great time to obviously have another chance to play football and be close to my family on breaks and vacations and summer break. I can go right across Lake Michigan. I'll be there in a few hours. So it felt like, you know, I, I wasn't a whole world away from my family who was in California at the time. But college life is so empty. It was a constant trying to fit in, wanting to be accepted, chasing the opposite sex, just a sinful playground for the devil to run rampant. And my college life, from a worldly perspective, was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I think there are things that I will forever have to overcome because of some experiences in college. 
you can never undo the decisions that you made and spiritual ties can happen if you're not diligent about praying and staying close to Jesus. The devil wants to distract you and lead you. And what a better way to get people distracted than to involve them in sororities and in fraternities and to get this brotherhood formed and to distract and create a life of potential partying and chasing, constantly trying to search and look for something to fill the hole in your heart that only Jesus can fill. So when I was in college, this is something that I wasn't aware of while I was there, obviously. But looking back now, I just thank the Lord that he protected me. His hand was clearly on me, even when I wasn't seeking him. And so 2017 rolls around. I mentioned prior, my dad and my mom had been split up now for many years. My dad meets this lady by the name of Carrie. She's an awesome lady, by the way. And that kind of shifted our whole life to this point. She really changed the whole trajectory of my life, of our life as a family, as a whole. I'm sitting in Washington State right now because of Carrie. Now, there's some other decisions that obviously had to be made and, you know, other things had to happen for sure. But if my dad would have never met Carrie and in turn married her, Lord knows where my family would be, where I would be, where my wife would be. I wouldn't have met my wife, most likely. I wouldn't have had my baby right now, most likely. So that's a story that I'll say for another time. It's just incredible as you look back over your life. I touched on this a bit earlier. But when you look back over your life and analyze things that could have gone a different direction, that could have been way worse, you really see the Lord's hand guiding, directing. I, I, I am so thankful for the grace and the mercy of the Lord because without him, I, I don't know where I'd be. And, and it's, it's absolutely incredible. So I moved back to California, and I didn't even graduate from Saginaw due to my dad meeting Carrie because he was going to be moving away, and I was going to be taking over our family's wine tour company that my dad had started. So that's why I say if my dad would have never met Carrie, I would have never left college early to come home and run the business. I would have stayed and finished college and probably stayed on as a coach's assistant or graduate assistant. Lord knows where I would be right now because I was not prioritizing spiritual things in college at all. Thank you, Jesus. So I came back to California to run my dad's wine tour business, which I'll touch on at a later date as well. But really where I kind of want to start to wrap this up is my dad and Carrie, again, see Carrie is the common denominator here. My dad and Carrie went to Israel with the Baxters, Irvin Baxter and his wife, Judy Baxter and Dave Robbins and the end time team. They went to Israel with them. They came back and were absolutely 
just totally changed. Carrie had gotten baptized in the Jordan River. Their experience there just totally radically changed their life. Um, it's I've, I've never been to Israel, but I hear it's absolutely life-changing, especially as a Christian. I mean, to walk where Jesus walked, to walk where the disciples walked, and see where people were healed and where Jesus was raised from the dead and where all these all these miracles happened and where the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, God manifested in flesh, where he walked around, it changes you. And I hope to go one day. So my dad and Carrie come back from this Israel trip, super excited, rejuvenated, on fire for the Lord. This is where things really started to take a turn for me. Because I was not walking with the Lord like I know I should have been when I left college. Still distractions, still habits that were not healthy. Totally put the Lord on the back burner. Always in the back of my mind knew what I was supposed to be doing. Knew what the Lord wants from me. Know that he wants a personal relationship with me. But I didn't care. I was satisfying my flesh at the time. And so when they came back from Israel and told me all about this, I began to look up End Time Ministries. And End Time Ministries truly changed my walk with the Lord. End Time Ministries is a prophecy program ran out of Texas, and I am going to be having some of their team members on the podcast in the near future. I'm super excited for that. But End Time Ministries really changed my outlook and my perspective and changed some things in my mind about the state of our world and really got me thinking, what am I doing with my life? All these current events that are going on are right in line with prophecy, right in line with the Bible. And I didn't even realize it. I mean, I wasn't paying attention. If you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. And so I had gotten in touch with Dave and Began to watch their show every single day. By the way, they're on every single day at 3 p.m. Central Time. End of the age. You can search them on podcast, app, Spotify, YouTube. Look them up. They're awesome. So this show really began my love for prophecy. And prophecy is so important because Jesus told his disciples that when these things come to pass, when these prophecies come to pass, I tell you these things so that when they do, you might believe. And this began to build my faith in the word of God. This began to build my faith in the Lord and really started to shift my life into, look, I want to live in a way that pleases the Lord. I want my life to reflect his life. And what I was doing was the total opposite of that. You know, it it wasn't anything crazy. I wasn't on the corner strung out on heroin or anything like that. But this is something that I'm so thankful for because this truly was a massive shift for me. We move forward another year or so. I meet my wife. I'll save that story for later too because she will be on the podcast. But I meet my wife. We ended up post-COVID moving up to Washington State to join the family business, 
to be closer to family. And it, it's, it's just, uh, again, I'm going to repeat this because I think it's so important and I think somebody needs to hear this. As you look backwards in the rearview mirror, of course, you don't want to try to live your life in the rearview mirror because you'll never go forward. But as I glance back in the rearview mirror, the mercy and grace of the Lord is so evident in my life and probably in your life. Even if you're not seeking the Lord and walking with him daily, I guarantee you can look over your life right now and look back and say, man, that was a close one. Or man, if, if that would have happened, I, I wouldn't be here today. If you just, there's so many things that we can look back on and truly thank the Lord for. And I wrote down this quick thing. I said, sometimes you don't see his hand in the middle of the storm or dry times or valley times. But when you walk out of the storm or out of the valley and look back, you can only lift your eyes to heaven and thank the Lord for caring about me. This is the same God that created the heaven, the earth, the moon, the stars. I know it sounds cliche and people say it all the time, but the fact that the creator of the universe cares about you, cares about me. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 12, verse 6 through 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins and not one of them is forgotten before the Lord? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than, than many sparrows. How great and mighty is Jesus Christ. If you don't think the Lord sees you, if you don't think he's working in your life, if it doesn't look like he's working, I promise you he is. I promise you he is. I'm so thankful for the hand of God as I look back over my 32 years of life. There were times where I did not take the Lord seriously. It's easy in this culture to get wrapped up in the easy believism Christianity game where you just say, oh, I'm a Christian, and your life doesn't reflect it in the slightest. I've been there. When I was in college, if somebody would have asked me, hey, Brad, are you a Christian? I would have said, absolutely. While I'm doing something the night before or currently or know I was going to do something later that was totally not pleasing to God. And there's a scripture that I want to wrap this up with. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. The Lord is laying on Moses' heart words to say to the Israelite people. And he repeats this phrase and this idea and this portion many, many, many times to the Israelites because he never wants them to forget. And I have to remind myself this every day. It says this, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. What does that mean? All your heart, all your soul, and all your might. There were 
times in my life where I did this scripture such a disservice. And it saddens me. But you know what? The Lord is there to pick you up. The Lord will forgive you. The, the Lord is for you. Even in your sin, even when we're even when we're in a place that we know we shouldn't be, we're doing something we know we shouldn't do, we're saying something we know we shouldn't say. He's right there. He's as close as the mention of his name. But we have to understand, and I finally, thankfully, somewhat understand that the Lord requires all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. It goes on to say, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. That is all the time. That is morning, noon, and night. Morning, noon, and night. Jesus, 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 teach it to your kids, meditate on it, talk about it, think about it, listen to podcasts that talk about it, listen to music that reflects that message. This is too important. We're living in an hour where this is wrapping up quickly and nothing else matters. I just got news yesterday evening that one of my childhood friends passed away unexpectedly, 32 years old, breaks my heart, breaks my heart, and it's gone just like that. You never know when it's going to be your last day. I never know when it's going to be my last day. So I want to do my best to put Jesus first, to do what he wants me to do, to walk where he wants me to walk, to say what he wants me to say. And I'm speaking to myself when I say all these words. Because I need a reminder more than all of you. But the Lord is merciful. He's right there with you. Lean into him. Study the scriptures. Understand that he wants a personal relationship with you. Something that I neglected when I was a kid. Going to church every week. Over 200 times a year probably. Maybe not 200 times, but a lot, and I still felt distant because I never created a personal daily relationship with the Lord. I want to challenge you, take this to heart, to create a daily relationship, to pray every single day, to read the Bible every single day. You don't have to pray for two hours. You don't have to read the whole book of Deuteronomy, but little by little, brick by brick, as we create a foundation, as we create habits that will put Jesus in our day, I promise you your life will change. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Top Podcast. I pray this podcast blessed and impacted your life. We would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed, left a five-star review, and shared with a friend or family member so we can spread hope in a lost world. Join me next week as we discuss another topic that emphasizes truth over popularity. God bless.